What's up, team? Welcome to the Live Well Podcast. It's your host, Bree Goodfellow. And in today's episode, I have Mitchell Black joining me, and we are talking about everything happening in March. So in March, we have three main things going on. We go over our programming, talking about all the upper body work that we're doing, and we're also talking about the introduction of the RPE chart in regards to that. We also have the Shamrock Showdown finally happening. We are completely sold out, even oversold. And we also talk about the Baseline Challenge that is launching this month, never done before. So excited about how we're going to dive into that as a community. So let's go ahead, take a listen, and enjoy. All right, Mitchell, I'm going to start the podcast with asking you a very important question. Oh, snap. What did you eat? For dinner last night, not breakfast, dinner. Ooh, for dinner. Mm-hmm. All right, check this out. All right, so um, every Tuesday, we go to our neighbors. And um, it's not a secret. I don't like like 90% of our neighbors. But <laughs> just going to tell the world. But, hey, I'm sorry. <laughs> but the people that we go to Taco Tuesday night with, they're super cool. And I've started this uh, really cool new nutrition program, really sticking to like all the strong side stuff or whatever. And uh, I was only allowed a certain amount when I went to dinner last night. So the answer to your question is, went to Taco Tuesday, it's usually tacos and margarita, right? Mm. But last night I had kombucha, no alcohol. I had tacos. However, it was, um, what I was allowed for that was uh, one tortilla, that's how many carbs I was allowed to have. And then I had all, uh, it was like 93.7 grass-fed ground beef with it. And it was just lean protein. And I had some avocado from my fat and the tortilla for the taco. So the answer is tacos. But I think it's more important to answer how I had that. I had a social experience. I stayed to my plan. and had a whole lot of fun time with the two neighbors that I like. Hey, that sounds like a win. I yeah. think tacos can absolutely be made healthy. I think everyone just thinks tacos and they think bad. They do not have to be bad. My favorite thing about uh, this dude, it's my neighbor's name's Will, and he was dead serious when he said this. He like, we're eating tacos, and I was like, man, yeah, it's just kind of cool that, you know, Tuesday is, uh, is Taco Tuesday. It's cool that you have a server. And he goes, oh, man, yeah, dude, I eat Mexican food all the time. Mexican's like my favorite food group. <laughs> it is like, a food group. I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> now, next important question. What flavor of kombucha did you have? Um, okay, so I I don't know the name of the flavor, but um What? How do you that's the best part? I know, but name? it's the it's the, what's the brand? I don't I don't even take that time to read the name of the brand. What's uh, the what's the brand that you and I always get? It starts with S? GT. So it starts with the S and it's called GT Synergy. Got it. Correct. Um, so, but it's the, it's the one that's green and it looks like a watermelon, like the, the label of it. Watermelon Wonder. Is it? Yes. Okay, cool. So that's the yeah, I just know. I can list any flavor. And I get, uh, I get the big like half gallon. You, you get the half gallon one of watermelon? Yeah. I've never seen it in that size. Because I'm not paying $5 for a cup of kombucha. No, that's fine. I'm with you. But like in the liter size? Yeah, go to Publix. Oh, I don't go to Publix. Yeah. Oh, you too I always, no, I just, no, I normally only see them at like Sprouts or Target. And that's it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Even though Sprouts is Publix. So you would think that. What? What do you mean Sprouts is Publix? Publix owns Sprouts. No. 
What? Yeah, it's their competition against Whole Foods. I thought Whole Foods owned Sprout. No. Oh. Okay. Amazon hold, owns Whole Foods. All right. Well, Mexican food's a food group. I yeah, there you go. <laughs> and that's where we're at. What'd you All have right. for dinner? Oh, um, kept it really simple. We already had some meal prep chicken that we grilled over the weekend um, and a sweet potato and freaking all the cauliflower in the world. You put it up on Instagram. It looked pretty good. It was amazing. It looked way better than my kombucha and meat. <laughs> See, I don't think I could do just carnivore diets. I've been doing a lot of research. That is not what them. I'm doing, by the no, way. No, I know okay. you're not doing that, but like I... A lot. I've gotten a lot of questions on it. I've had a client who wanted to do it for a short period of time. Um, and I just don't think I could do it. I'd get really bored and sad. I love vegetables. Do you think that people chase the diligency of the diet or do they really think that it's good for them? Like I'll give you an example. I don't really think, I don't care what diet you're doing. Me personally, I don't think it's really effective if you participate in a diet where you eliminate a macronutrient. Like mm. I'm going no fat. I'm going no carbs. Like, whoa. Like those exist for a, a reason. Yeah. Um, do you, or are you just saying I'm going to go carnivore because using that name and using that structure keeps diligency to where I don't take in abundance of sugar and crappy food because I'm doing this thing called carnivore. I think it's a, I think there's two sides to it. So for this client in particular, he was very interested because of the studies in how carnivore affects autoimmune diseases in particular mm. and how, cause the idea is that you do it for a short amount of time. And even with the research that I was doing for him, um, doctors that talk about it and especially functional medicine doctors talk about how carnivore starves out the bad bacteria that's in your gut. Cause that you're eliminating sense, yeah. a ton of sugar. Um, so any bad bacteria that's causing any more inflammation for autoimmune diseases are starved out. Um, but there's a honeymoon period with carnivore. You feel really great two weeks in and you're like, Oh, I can do this forever. And you're in there like for a month and you're crushing it and no one feels bad but then they get their blood work done and things get weird so it's like don't say now there are people out there who like are surviving on it because yeah. they needed to do it with the guidance of a doctor or whatever um but i think it's it's i see it like whole 30 it's not really reasonable to stay on it for a long period of time the difference is is that chick tells you in the book straight up yeah. This is not how you live your life. Right. Like she's like, it's it's 40 days, 30 days, whole 30, 10 day reintroduction. Mm -hmm. And then here's how you, you know, don't eat like a jerk. Pretty much. Yeah. yeah. And you take those cons because then as you start to add things in, you're basically doing an elimination diet and then you yep. can very much see what doesn't work for you. Like Zach did a version of it and we found out like dairy does not make him feel very good. He's like, I just feel fat when i eat dairy and i'm like yeah. okay then don't do dairy yeah yeah and you're doing some very interesting things right now yeah um i'm i'm, I'm playing around a lot mm. i'm uh got some new toys in the gym yeah dude so i have i just need the because everybody keeps asking me that because they're so used to seeing me like work out a certain way and uh and even brinley i was up in canton this morning brinley's asking me about it she's like what are you doing right now i was like i'm just gonna sum it up the exact opposite of everything Iron Man. Like yeah. I am, I've been moving and grooving. Hey, I'm going to go run 20 miles. Look, I don't want to work out for seven hours in a row right now, like in a training day. Mm -hmm. And I know there's so many of our members doing it and go you. And I'm so excited for you. And it's amazing. And I truly mean that I'm just done. Mm -hmm. Like I've been doing Iron Man's since I was like 19. 
I'm good right now. Yeah. And I am going the other direction and I'm loving it. I've been like hopping into classes. I'm signed up for our competition that we're going to do later this month. I'm partnered with Ron Brown. I'm Ooh. super pumped up. And I'm really just trying to stack a bunch of muscle on my frame. Like, you know, I'm not going to get huge. I just don't have that body type, but I've never been like a large person. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it like my body aches because of it. Like I know that, you know, 20 mile runs, limited strength training, your body's not going to feel too good. And I've just been doing everything, big compound lifts, deadlift cycles, back squat cycles. Um, and I'm just trying to stack lean muscle mass. Mm. And yeah, we got some new stuff that I've been playing with, trying some different types of like dieting and training. And you and I have been working together on the strong side nutrition program and how it's going to be like a levels program. And I've been doing our level three. Hey, we'll talk about that later. Yeah. But, uh, I've been doing like our level three, which is like our macronutrient deal. And it's just been awesome. It's been nothing but results. Yeah. Uh, and because of the training starting last week, I couldn't really get the scale to move. Like there was a body composition goal that I was trying to get to. So I upped my carbs 90 grams a day and lost a pound and a half in a week. Whoa. Yep. Nice. I know because it's, but it's because of what you and your team are putting together with all the like strong side stuff. And I'm, I'm all in, man. Not yeah. that I've never not been all in. I'm just all in like yeah. doing it. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. I'm doing it too. Um, I haven't tracked my food in like a, a long time. Um, just cause I got like the rhythm of it and I just didn't really feel like I needed it. But then. I felt like at the end of January, I need like a total like reset of everything. Yeah. Um, I was just not feeling good. And I was like, all right, let's just take an inventory of what's going on. And I've been doing this like tracking and eating. Man, I've been eating so many more carbs and I feel amazing. And I'm like, wow. I feel it's so good. if you use it right. Like, yeah. Like, um, so what I'm really doing, long answer to a short question, but what I've really been doing is macronutrient based diet, which is nothing crazy. It's mm -hmm. just, it, it just requires attention. Yeah. And when you put that much attention with it, it, it freaks people out because they're like, Oh, I got to weigh and measure everything. No, you don't. Yeah. I'm just choosing to do that works well for me. I'm a very, I do me personally. I do the best under pressure. I do the worst when there's white space in my calendar. That's not a secret. So you have to tailor the diet to the person's needs, right? I do really well with meal prep. Love it. Mm -hmm. um, so I do a descending carbohydrate diet. So I work out first thing in the morning. I usually train my 5 a.m. client, and then that's my hardest session right at 6 a.m. I'm doing some type of lifting, or that's my working out. That's when I'm having the abundance of my carbohydrates. Mm -hmm. So like my first meal today had, a, had 100 grams of carbs in it. And then it will decrease throughout the day. Yeah. And my last one to two meals will have zero carbohydrates. But I'm eating 35, 40 grams of protein every time I'm eating. And I'm eating one, I'm eating one or a half serving of fat in every meal. Mm. And uh, so, I mean, it's a ridiculous amount of food. I'm just concentrating it around when I'm training. Yeah. And um, there's got to be a lot of science to it. You got to pay attention to it because it's very easy to go, oh, I'm just working out. I'm just going to like pound carbs. Yeah. Like, and then you don't pay attention to what you're doing the rest of the day. Yeah. So you're just fat. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> oh, okay. So, yeah. Um, yeah. And then it, it tailors like yesterday was a, a rest day. I just did, I just did cardio yesterday, no lifting. So um, it was like my first three meals didn't have carbs and mm -hmm. only got carbs for the last couple of meals. Oh, you don't have to live that way. You don't have to do it that yeah. way. Um, my body's responded really well to it. Uh, and, um, and it makes me happy. It works for my personality because mm -hmm. I'm that such, you know, numbers type a person. Yeah. So, um, which is way different than like Ironman training. Mm, I can only imagine. Well, in Ironman training, you're trying to be so consistent. It's usually the same meal size five times a day. 
Oh, okay. Yeah, wow. that, that works really, really well. You don't ever want your body in Ironman training to reach a depletion point mm -hmm. where when you're trying to add lean muscle mass and subtract fat mass, it does help when you go through like a deplete phase, like even if it's just, you know, 12 hours, no carbs, and then go into like a replete phase, hit it with a hundred grams of carbs, go lift something heavy, all those muscles, all those carbs sit in your muscles mm. and you're like, pow, you're just pow. Whoa. It's two totally different types of Yeah, training. no kidding. But the, either way, both feel very um, detailed. You have to be a very detail-oriented per person Correct. to be able to hang that on to that. That is not yeah. something that I would sit down with somebody on their first day when they're like, I want to get started. And I would say, okay, where's your food scale? <laughs> yeah. No. No, <laughs> no, absolutely not. I... I am not that detailed oriented. I do enjoy, it makes me feel like I'm in control of my life when I do it. Um, yeah. I just seeing like, okay, this is how many calories I know. And it, it helps me realize why I feel the way I do more often than not. Why do I feel terrible? I haven't eaten in six hours. That's probably why I don't feel so great. Like, yeah. and it just reminds me like, oh, okay. I have to remind myself to eat. I have not eaten enough. Like for a long time I was not eating enough, but I felt like I was so inflamed because of it. And also eating the wrong foods, trying to like get by on so many things. So just centers you for like a second. Like this is what you need to look at. Like, what are you actually consuming? And I love my clients because the ones who are tracking right now that are in that stage, they are so honest with me when they track. Like if, if they went into bit like Burger King, they will track yeah. what they got at Burger King. And I appreciate that because they're trying so hard to be mindful. Sometimes they get caught in a weird place and they track it anyway. And I'm like, good for you because they're watching like they're they're being mindful like I know that wasn't the right choice but I wanted to be honest and I had to put it in there because I just had to remember what happened this day so I can move forward the next day I'll yeah. it for you and that's it that's the cool stuff I mean we won't be able to talk about it on this episode but that's yeah. the cool stuff we'll be talking about that you guys are doing with the nutrition program and like yeah. these different levels that we'll have and different plans of attack um but we have other fun things happening in March yeah, dude. March Madness. Yeah. Let's has talk nothing about to do with basketball, but I'm, let's just talk about it. No. <laughs> We're not strong side basketball. Um, but programming for this month. Yeah, dude. Let's dive into that because last month, so the beginning of the year with interval weight training, that was a huge hit in yep. January. And then we went to tempo work lower body. And now, where are we going to? Tempo work upper body. Dun, dun, dun. What? Yeah. <laughs> But it's, it's a staged approach. So what we never veer from is like the science. And, and, and what I mean by that is just because something is complicated to explain doesn't mean that you get to decrease its validity or that you don't get to offer it. That's like our programming team and everything that we push, you know, just because something works, if it's hard to explain or challenging to do, it doesn't mean you do less of it. You got to figure out a different way to communicate it. And so, so it's, it's very, very focused. And what interval weight training did was interval weight training is an amazing way to build baseline muscular conditioning. And you have to, you have to identify that word muscular, because if you just say cardiovascular conditioning, okay, I'm just going to go run. And then you, you, you can do different ways to improve the cardiovascular conditioning. But if you just run all the time, and then I ask you to deadlift and then run, it's like you've never done either of those two things mm. in your entire life. So what are you doing in a mixed modality format? And that's what interval weight training does because a lot of people train like a bodybuilder on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, and they train like a marathon runner on Tuesday and Thursday. Mm. And they think that they're preparing for everything, but in a real life test, it prepares you for nothing. That's a really good point. So you have to, you have to mix those together. So that's what interval weight training did. 
And then when you look at a monthly progression, when you progress, you're never trying to exclude what you did before. You just can't make it the main focus. So if you say, I want to get better at pull-ups and you spend some time to get better at pull-ups, well, when you get those pull-ups, you don't stop doing pull-ups. It's just, if you were trying, if you were spending 50% of your week every week to get better at pull-ups, once you reach the level of what you think is good for pull-ups, you don't do it 50% anymore. You do it like 15%, right? Mm -hmm. You just touch it and you leave it fresh because you got to go work on something else. Mm -hmm. So that's what we started doing with the lower body stuff that we did last month. So we, we can't do everything all the time. Because if you try to do, if you try to give your body everything, you're going to wind up giving it nothing. Yeah. And if you just do, I'm going to do this today and this tomorrow, and I'm going to hit legs here. And I'm sure you're going to be physically exhausted and very sore, but you're not going to look or feel any different and you're not going to perform any better. So yeah. you need a systematic approach to make that stuff get better, right? So the first thing you should do when you're developing strength is you should, you should control the speed of the movement. And that's really critical. Just saying, I'm going to get better at back squatting. Hey, I'm going to do five sets of 10 with no control over the tempo or structure is very limiting because you're probably creating poor movement patterns and you're just getting, you're trying to create function in dysfunction and you're only as good as the crappy movement patterns will allow. It's a very scientific term, crappy yeah. movement patterns, but you have to refine those. And tempo does a really good job of doing that because you slow that thing down. You give the coach an opportunity to teach, see, and correct. You give the mind-muscle connection an opportunity to adapt, and you start building strength. It also forces the lower load. It doesn't allow athletes to go above what they're capable of because you slowed down the tempo. You put an expectation on it. So we spent time on the lower body, the very large muscle groups, really getting time under tension. Time under tension is how often you're lifting for or how long you're lifting for. And then now it just sounds simple. Oh, we're going into upper body. But what we're really doing is looking at the joints. Your body is a multi-joint machine. And you move multi-joint. You don't move single joint. When you move, you're moving multiple joints at the same time. So in an effort to say we needed to improve the squat and the deadlift, we did that. And then now as we pivot into March, it's not like we're not going to squat and deadlift. Like I just approved the training that rolls out next week. You are squatting and you are deadlifting. Uh, but it's, it's like in the workout. It's a smaller ratio. It's a smaller uh, portion. But the, now the focus is going to be on upper body. And the reason that we're going to focus on tempo is so we can focus on the sticking point. And the sticking point is a part in the range of motion where you become weak. It's like if you do, uh, if you do a push-up and you're really strong on the way down, but you're really bad on the way up, mm -hmm. that's your sticking point. So how are you going to fix that? And you can't just say do more push-ups because it looks like something's wrong with your push-up. Why are you really good on the way down? You're not good on the way up. We have to fix that phase of the movement. And you actually get stronger setting stuff down than you do pushing stuff up. I know, mind blown. What? Yeah, you get stronger setting down the deadlift than you do picking it up. Mm. Yeah, like like um, like a lot of people that train for like size and strength, yeah. you notice they never drop the barbell from the top because you're doing six and a half reps. You're not doing seven. You you do get stronger on the way down. I mean, we're not gonna like tell that you makes no sense. Rep, but that makes sense. Well, even today when Chris was teaching the class today, we we did deadlifts. And we were hanging on to the bar and we were just practicing setup. And we'd set up and we'd be there for like five seconds. That felt like a century. Yeah. And we'd come up 
And then I was set, I was setting it down for the first three reps. I was like, I'm exhausted. I'm looking around. I'm like, we're just like going over the demo. And then everyone else was dropping. I was like, well, I'm going to start dropping because I'm tired. Makes total sense. Yeah. And, um, and then we need that for the upper body. Yeah. So we need your, like your hips and your joint, I'm sorry, your hips and your shoulders are very interesting. There's nothing holding them in place. So your knee has a bunch of stuff. Your elbow has a bunch of stuff holding it in place, true tendons and ligaments. There's nothing in the hip or shoulder that connects like the humeral head or the femoral head to the pelvis or to, it just like floats around in there. And there's things rolling over it. So reckless. Right? Well, that's why you can like do, you know, this big circle motion with your shoulder, but you can't really do that. Except maybe with your wrist, but that's because there's 26 little bones in there. So, but you can't do that with your elbow, right? Mm. So when you think about that, you're like, holy crap, what, what, what could happen? I could get an impingement. Why do my big joints hurt? Why, you know, oh, my aching lower back. Like it's not mm. your back, it's your hip. Yeah. You know, oh, my neck hurts. It's not your neck, it's your shoulder. Yeah. And majority of the time. Mm. So when you look at like real life functionality, you know what the most dangerous exercise in the entire world is? Pick one. What, what exercise de, de, creates the most injuries, injury being defined as you cannot go to work or gym, it impacts your daily life. What is the most dangerous exercise on the planet? I really think I know the answer. What do you think it is? Bench press. If you didn't know anything about fitness, what would you, what would you think it is? If I didn't know anything about fitness. Like what does the common person think it is? Something crazy. I feel like they think it's deadlift. Deadlift or something like I that. I mean, every time I talk about deadlifts, I have... Uh, people are just like, oh, don't hurt your back. Yeah. You're, I breathe. You can't afford it. <laughs> like, don't hurt your back. Well, the, yeah, I think we've had this discussion before. It is the bench press. Mm-hmm. Bench press and ring dips, highest injury rate exercise in the world, because you can do a significant amount of load without any mobility. So you do not have to be able to raise your arms above your head, but you can put 400 pounds on the bar and try to bench it. So when you, going back to creating function within dysfunction, you're just trying to load the position. So if you don't take time like we're doing in March to slow the thing down and focus on the speed and tempo of the movement first, you're just trying to take this broken door hinge and slam it as many times oh as you God. can, right? And you're just you're not engaging the right muscles, you're not doing the right thing. Yeah. And that's why people get so hurt on it. Wow. So yeah. we're going to find our sticking point. Yep, and you're going to live in them. Yeah, no kidding. And then also, too, even though it's only March, with the, like, finding sticking points and pull-ups and everything, it's preparing us for Murph. Yes. Where everyone gets really excited about Murph. Yeah, and I'm, I'm really pumped up for that because when you see, like, all the marketing and stuff that came out and the, the email that's going to go out tonight talking about everything that we got going on in March, and it says, like, preparing for Murph. We're still going to do Murph Prep Monday. That's like been a big thing. Don't worry about that. But when you start leaning into that towards the end of April and going into May, the Murph Prep Monday is saying, I have a conditioned body. Let me go take this conditioned body and express it Mm -hmm. and get really used to the thing. Can you remind everyone what Murph is? Yeah, yeah. So Murph is an annual workout that we do. Um, It's a workout named after Michael Murphy, who is a Navy SEAL. He passed away in Iraq. And it's a great, great heroic story. Um, And, uh, you know, we can dive into all the details later, but that's kind of the gist of it, right? Mm -hmm. And he used to do this workout before every deployment. And it used to be called body armor because he did it in full gear. And that's why it's recommended that you wear a 20 pound vest. That's why you're wearing the vest. And uh, it's you run one mile and then you do 100 pull ups, 200 push ups, 300 squats, and then you run another mile. 
and our community comes together. We get like these Murph shirts. We donate all the proceeds to charity, the Michael Murphy Foundation, and it sends uh, that Michael Murphy Foundation raises money. Uh, he went to Penn State, and it raises money for scholarships to Penn State. Really cool. Uh, yeah, so it's a, it's a great, great cause, but that's what it is, right? And the, anyone can do it. Like there's adjustments for this workout. We do half Murph. Yep. We do everything. Rewind so. to Matt Fisher's podcast. From oh, man. The best podcast ever. Yeah, dude. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so that's the workout. And Murph Prep Monday, when we do that, that'll be about like taking the body that's already been conditioned and, you know, elevating it more, right? But if you're with us right now, like, yes, people are going to join in April or May that are not here now. It doesn't mean they can't do Murph. It's mm -hmm. just if you're here, like, let's just take advantage of it, right? Yeah. So what we need to do is is eliminate those sticking points in the movement so your squat becomes better your push up becomes better running isn't super challenging you know stuff like that and it's a way to start building the base if you want your peak to be murph or whatever the thing is you can't get a good peak without a big base and if you don't spend time building and laying the foundation it's like building your house man they spend months grading and the laying the foundation and building the basement or whatever they got to do. And then the, your freaking frames up in 24 hours, right? That's the like easy part. It, you gotta build the base mm -hmm. and it's about finding those sticking points, building good quality push-ups, building good quality squats, building foundations. So when you go for speed and you want to crush it, mm -hmm. it's there to pull from. Absolutely. And then even when you're talking about a conditioned body and how we're conditioning in workouts, I kind of want to segue into the RPE chart. Yeah, let's dude. go ahead and talk about that. So this is a new thing that we're doing. Well, it's not a brand new concept. It's just how we're elaborating what we're currently doing. Do you want to dive into that a little bit? Yeah, I'm super excited about it. So the um, the RPE chart stands for rate of perceived exertion. And before we dive into actually how it works, we are we are a blend we know that life isn't linear and our programs aren't linear. And a lot of good training philosophies or methodologies come from linear training, meaning the same thing all the time. And we're not that we're mixed modality and we're mixed modality because, well, it's fun. It's very mm -hmm. fun. It constantly challenges the athlete. It constantly gives progress. But we don't do our exercises different than anybody else. Like we don't do burpees different than any other gym. We don't deadlift different than any other gym. How we do it and how we execute our training tr sessions is what makes strong side strong side. So in the world of training, in the world of like program design. So first off, programming is not coming up with your cool workout that you want to do that day. And a lot of people think that whatever a workout is, is called programming. That's not what that is. Programming is looking at a micro, a macro cycle of 12, 14, 16 weeks, something like that, and breaking it down to small micro cycles. So you take a mesocycle, make it a macro cycle within it and a micro cycle within that. That's true programming. How many people listen to this podcast know what that is? <laughs> like a bunch of exercise scientists out yeah, there. Yeah, nobody nobody knows what that is. And nobody cares to know what that is. And you don't join a gym to learn what that is. Now, remember what I said in the beginning of the podcast, though, just because it's challenging to explain doesn't mean that you don't get to do it. You have to do it. Yeah. That's our integrity to the member to provide a really good service. But then we come in and we say, okay, we're going to do strength training cycles. Well, we know that a really good strength training cycle is going to be built on percentages and progressions and loading and deloading and how long you're going up and how long you're going down. All that truly matters. But again, we're dealing with the general population. Do you think they have a one rep max deadlift? Like, is their body even 
should capable of doing that? Are they, yeah. is the athlete even interested in doing that? Will they even remember it? Right. And then you have to look at heart rate training. First off, heart rate training isn't even effective. Like it's not an opinion. It's a fact. I don't really care, but it's like, it's only effective in a linear progression. Your heart rate, when people do this, and I was a metabolic technician for five years, when you do this and you measure people's heart rate, you're measuring it on the thing. You're measuring them running, you're measuring them biking, you're measuring them do whatever. You're, it, the data completely changes when you have somebody, uh, okay, I got my test when I was running. Okay, cool. Do 15 burpees, five pull-ups, and then go run. Your zones don't even matter anymore. You changed the, the measurable, yeah. right? So... It's like, well, heart rate, but even again, that's linear, right? So we have- It's a kind of like, sorry, like to, to things that people also hear too, um, I don't mean to cut you off, um, but like it, looking at nutrition, like when yeah. people look at like when they get their blood work done and it's like whether it's fasting, like glucose or not, like those numbers like can be totally yes. skewed. Or like when people ask me about probiotics, like talking about like a one rep max, if I just give you a whole bottle of kombucha and you drink the whole thing, you've never even thought about probiotics, it's not going to go well. Like a nope. one rep max is not going to go well. It's like no one cares about essential amino acids or polyphenols when really what I'm just talking about is like steak and vegetables. Mm -hmm. It's the same type of thing. Yeah. It's just like, it's what you already kind of hear, but then the science behind why the simple things matter so much. But the, but you have to, the, the thing is, is like if you talk about nutrition or talk about strong side, there has to be this level of trust. So we understand that our members come in and there's a vision they have for themselves. They say, hey, look, in this hour, I am trusting that you are gonna get me closer to my goals. I have a vision of what I wanna get. We try to be clear in the body that we're trying to achieve. Hey, if you come to Strong Side and your goal is to be a bodybuilder, you're not at the right place. Yeah. Like, so we try to talk about, hey, we're trying to build functional human beings. We're trying to preserve functional capacity. Okay, well, what does that mean? It's in these five pillars of functional capacity, blah, blah, blah. Like our whole deal, right? But the member comes in, they have that trust. They don't want to know what polyphenols are. They trust that the nutrition coach, that person is going to lead them yeah. to that. So we say, okay, you come in and you do our workouts. And you do our workouts and you're going to get fitter, Right. What's challenging is that, so first off, but to close the loop on what I was saying before, you have these linear programs, you have weightlifting, you have conditioning, you have, they're measured linear. Okay, well, we're a mixed modality, right? So when people try to take that linear thought and then come into mixed modality, there becomes an absence of understanding. When I say, hey, Brie, I wanna get in shape, and you go, yeah, if we haven't defined that, I'm not saying anything and you're not hearing anything. We have two different versions yeah. of whatever we're defining that is. And then if I say, hey, let's go do this workout that's gonna get us in shape. Mm -hmm. Let's assume that we've defined what in shape means. We both come to an agreement on that, but we execute the workout differently. Mm -hmm. Will that workout get me closer to my goals? It's not doing the workout, it's how you do the workout. It's not going to the gym today, how did you go to the gym today? It's not that you squatted, how did you squat today? How you do everything matters. But we have to look at ourselves as a business, as coaches and say, well, yeah, but we're dealing with people that they don't wanna make any decisions when they come in. That's okay. Yeah. They want to be guided. They're not here to, at the end of this, take a test. They're not here to like make this their profession. They want to trust that what we're doing is getting them results. But what we cannot do is say, well, the customer doesn't really understand it, so you know what we'll do? We'll stop doing all that complicated stuff that we know pro is proven to give results 
because the customer can't understand it. We'll just, I don't know, do burpees for an hour, you know, go really hard, Ugh. you know, things, put your heart rate monitor on and crush it. You know, things, it might work for other people, but I'm just telling you, you know, I've been doing this 15 years. Like if I had to pick something for my client to be focused on, it would not be how tired are you after a workout. It would not be how many calories you burned in the workout, right? I want to focus on other things. So, you know, hopefully that little tidbit got your brain turning. You're like, well, well, it sounds like there's all this really good information, but I don't know how to apply it. Yes, correct. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Introduce the RPE chart. So RPE stands for rate of perceived exertion. And what that is really doing is it's, it's taking your fitness and mapping it out wide. And if I said, we're going to go run five miles and you run the first mile at your mile PR pace, that's a very high RPE. And it's probably a very stupid decision because you're not going to make five miles. <laughs> no. But if we started at a pace where we said, look, this is not my fastest mile, but I'm running five. So I need to kind of gauge how I'm feeling right now to make sure that I can run five miles, right? That's what RPE is. But it's broken into weightlifting, conditioning, and then a number scale. So let's start with the number scale. First off, these are actual RPE charts. And we've made this, me, Bree, and Carrie sat down, mapped this whole thing out, got a lot of feedback, and we wanted something that was gonna resonate with our team. And this is an actual canvas that's gonna go up in each of our gyms, something that you will see. It is going to be on Wattify starting next week that has little emojis on there, like all kinds of cool stuff. This is something that we're gonna live by. Let's start with the number scale. So we took it and we graded on, on one through 10. And we gave you like uh, five different areas from warm up to max effort. And we said, okay, on an RPE scale, this should feel like a one or two. This should feel like a three or four. This should feel like a five or six, right? And it goes all the way up to 10. And what it'll allow you to do as a new person, as a seasoned person, is somebody learning how to tackle the workout the right way. Because I'll tell you right now, the numbers on the board don't matter. The weights on the board don't matter. How you do the workout is what matters. So it's this number deal. Right next to that, there's emojis because emojis are fun. Yeah, they're the best. Yeah. And you're going to start out with a happy emoji and you're going to end with a crazy emoji. And you're going to see this kind of ladder. And it's like, oh man, I should look or feel like this. But then the one of the most important pieces is the workout category. We came out with these workout categories, Rev, Grit, Clang and Bang, and Spicy about a year and a half ago. And it was a way to explain intention. It was a way to get all of our members together and say, look, this workout needs to fit this category so you execute it this way. Because all workouts are not created equal. Just because you go heavier, if you miss the intention of the workout, you will not get the results of the workout. And then you'll be like, why is my body changing? Or why isn't it changing? Because you're not doing anything remotely close to what you're supposed to be doing. You're just really tired. Right. There's been, uh, such a mi misconception around just going as hard as you can until you want to throw up. Yes. And that means that you did a good workout and it does not. No. And it, it like, I mean, the whole fitness business is pivoting completely outside of that. Like people are finally starting to realize like, you know, moderate levels of intensity, intervals, weight training, blah, 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 whatever. Thank you for posting that everybody. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, I think you you were in the CrossFit world far more than I, or longer than I was like even knowing it existed. But my conception of it was like, oh, that's the sport where everyone goes really, really hard. And then together they all throw up in a bucket together at the end. <laughs> like yeah. So 
Yeah. All right. So this does kind of tie into the workout categories a little bit talking about that. Like, you know, I come from not knowing what CrossFit is to got into CrossFit in like 2007, you know, just like deep into it. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and what it did really well was got people to understand that intensity is, is king. Like you, you need to know what your level of intensity is, but CrossFit is not CrossFit's done some amazing, amazing things, but it's exercise. It's not training. And what a lot of people don't know is think about this. You can name everybody who won the CrossFit games from 2008, which was Jason Kalipa. Shout out my man. Uh, <laughs> till now. Right. Nobody can ever name the guy who won the first CrossFit games in 2007. Yeah. His name is James Fitzgerald and he was blacklisted from CrossFit. Hey, isn't that your middle name? Yeah. <laughs> Shout out. Um, but what he did he is blacklisted. He, yeah, he was blacklisted. Um, him, Rob Wolf, Rob Wolf wrote the paleo solution. He's a biochemist and stuff. There's an organization called Gork, G O R K that you can look up. It's the four people that owned like the first 10 affiliates that got blacklisted. And what they did is James Fitzgerald came to Greg Glassman. And he said, Hey, we're, I'm, I'm sure Greg's got some other plan or, you know, version of this story, but you know, whatever. And he said, Hey, Rather than just doing Fran, what if I came up with a training program that got you better at Fran, right? Mm -hmm. And to us, we're like, oh, it makes total logical yeah. sense. Look at the thing like sport, like CrossFit's methodology is called the Hopper model, that you should be doing a fitness program that allows you to do anything at any time. So the first CrossFit games in 2007, the final workout, they took a bunch of exercises, they put it in a hopper, they spun it around, they pulled the exercise out, they said, this is what you're doing. Mm -hmm. And it makes total sense. You should be fit enough to do that. Right. The problem is, is that's how they train. Uh -huh. I'm gonna do this anytime, whatever. And that's not a real logical way to look at training and stimulus and adaptation to your body. So James Fitzgerald went on to create OPEX. And OPEX is a, a floor-based model in a gym where you have one coach and you have people come in at any time they want. And they have their own program and they like do whatever. I mean, it's not a bad deal, but it's really, it's really, really smart. They take them through like phases of training, mm -hmm. right? And Greg Glassman said, that's stupid. Get out of here. You're blacklisted. And uh, he's no longer allowed to compete. Wow. Anything. His his ban ended a couple of years ago. He's like 45 now. And he did come back and compete in the master's division. Mm. Um, but best hour of their day, you know, this is the last thing I'll say about CrossFit. I'm not trying to like, you know, give them any shout outs or anything. <laughs> but but best hour of their day as a podcast. And they just had a good um they just had a good guest on there and they said the job of the affiliate owner is to get away from saying sentences like we have a great community that also does very hard workouts mm. and i was like finally i think they're getting it yeah like i've been doing this 15 years and i have never met a single human that said crossfit that sounds like something i can do yeah great yeah. where do i sign up all we get is you're not crossfit are you like, oh no, people get hurt in CrossFit. That's yeah. what I hear all the time. That's where all the crazy people go. It's like a mm -hmm. cult. Like, whoa, 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 whoa. I'm not no. gonna flip a tire. You can't make me. No. <laughs> That's what I hear. And and we appreciate the methodology yeah. and we have learned so much from them. But dude, we also got degrees, USA weightlifting certifications, NASM, uh, PTA Global. I mean, we're a collection of what is the best information out there and what truly works. You know, I study California strength, um, West Side Barbell. We pull 
pull from the best in what they do and pull that together here. So going back to the RPE chart, the, the workout categories allow the member to understand intention. You know, if I do the workout uh, uh, death row, you know, it's 20 minutes of rowing and burpees. A lot of people get done with that and they're like, oh man, I feel like I'm going to pass out. Yeah. You started the workout too high. You actually got less work done. If I was to take your fitness and measure it throughout the 20 minutes, if throughout the 20 minutes, the amount of calories and burpees you did went down, you actually got less work done than if you would have just started at a lower amount yeah. and held that for the 20 minutes. That would have been more productive, mm -hmm. right? So understanding the workout category gives it a name. And when you give it a name, you can relate to it and you give it an identity and you give it a thing. And it's not like, oh, my trainer sucks. That's hard. No, no, no. I did a spicy workout today. I know that spicy means hot and sweaty, repeat rounds of in intervals. It's probably going to be 15 to 17 minutes long. Oh, I'm going to do a grit workout. Okay, that's going to be 20 minutes plus. It should be done at 60, 65%. Now, on the other side of this RPE chart, you're also going to see percentages. You're going to see percentages and you're going to see a barbell. And on well, our, our intention behind this is let's say you don't know your max lift. You're new to this. You're, you're like, how much should I lift? We're going to be able to actually guide you and say, okay, based on the strong side of RPE chart, we want you to feel that your set of eight back squats today should feel like 70%. Mm -hmm. You got your fun little emoji. Your face should look like this. <laughs> and when we go into this workout category today, it should be executed like this. Because we understand that we have hundreds of people coming into our gym every day. And we have all these different loading and different workout prescriptions. You can still get people to get very similar results as long as they follow it the right way. And I'll, I'll end with this. When the coach tells you that the rower should be done in two minutes. That does not mean that at the two minute mark, you're done No. and you just hop off. What it means is you adjust the meters or you adjust the, the calories. Because again, those are arbitrary. They're, mm -hmm. they're, we try to get kind of close, but you might be different. That's okay. You get something that you can hit that fits that workout category in the time frame. That's what, that's, how you do it. It's all about productivity. We all know that we hate those days when you get done with a day and you're exhausted and you got nothing done. Oh, I hate those days. They're the worst. Yeah. Don't do those. Yeah. Do something that's going to get you value when you're not here. Mm -hmm. And executing sessions, where's the growth in the muscle? The growth in the muscle, the growth in the muscle is done when you're not working out. So you better do something in the workout to make it grow and develop when you're not here. Boom. Done. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. RPE no. chart. Yeah. And I'm really excited about just the emoji part. It's very much like when you go to the doctor, it's like, how do you yeah. feel? Scale of like, you know, one to 10. I think you were the most <laughs> excited about that when we were going back and forth on revising the <laughs> RPE chart. <laughs> We would like give feedback and you're like, yeah, yeah, that's cool and all. But what about the emojis? I really wanted to give them like names. <laughs> like that, that emoji, that's Steve. You don't want to look like Steve the right now. The top one's Karen. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Exactly. But I was like, but then we might have some members with the same names and I'm not trying to hurt their feelings or anything. That'd be weird. Dude. Um, I remember, I remember like years ago, we had a new lady start. There's a workout called Karen, 150 wall balls. And a new lady started. Her name was Karen. <laughs> and she came in. This is like 2015 or something like that. It just says freaking Karen written on the board. <laughs> and everybody's like, oh, we're doing Karen. I hate Karen. <laughs> and I was like, I'm so sorry. We're not talking about you. She's like, I already hate this place. I just got here. <laughs>
Oh, class. Why is my name on the board? Why does everybody hate me? Yeah. Um, well, even with looking at how now we have the RPE chart, we've had the categories. This is also how we structure the Shamrock Showdown Bam. events. Segwaying right into that. Um, yeah. So that is happening March 18th on a Saturday. It is completely sold out. Bam. It's oversold. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. It's going to be great. It's going to be fine. Yeah. <laughs> it's fine. We are going to have 53 teams. 54. No, 53. No, nah, I just sent you a Slack message. 54. Oh, okay. <laughs> So it's going to be fine. And um, yeah, that's going to be a lot of people on the floor competing. Yeah, pumped up. So we do these intramural competitions and it's really fun. It's a way to take our, our fitness and express it in sport. And that's not really any different than single modality. I mean, if somebody lifts all the time, what do you do? You do a powerlifting competition, you do a weightlifting competition, somebody runs all the time. What do you do? You go run a marathon, you run mm -hmm. a 5K, right? But mixed modality you know, how, well, how do I do that? Well, it turns out, guys, that you can do box jumps and burpees for time. Yeah. And it's super fun. And we used to have competitions that we invited other gyms, but it just got a little too crazy. And honestly, the value between our members, it kind of went down. Like yeah. we were just spending all of our time on on other people. And and th th I wish those people were members here. They're great, but I love our current members. And I want to help them. Yeah. So we've just put it all in-house and all of our gyms come together. And we are we're always three, two, one, go. So you always take the floor three times. Um, it's always teams of two. Sometimes it mixes. It might be same gender, mixed gender, whatever. And it's always one great time. Mm -hmm. And we hit four events. So even though you take the floor three times, there is four events. And there's one event per workout category. Mm -hmm. And this time we have this fourth event. Dun, and that dun, dun. is a floater. You yeah. want to explain the, well, the floater is a secret. No one knows yeah. what it is yet. You won't know until competition day. All you know is it's going to so fit excited. the rev workout category. So mm -hmm. our rev workout category is the sprint. It's the interval. It's the fast. It's, you know, under two minutes, you know, really, really quick. So you will take the floor three times and you will do an event each time you take the floor. Like one in the past, what we've done is you have like a part A and a part B and that's how we get your four scores. And the reason that we need four scores is the leaderboard, it needs four scores. If you only have three scores, it's like you can easily just dominate and that's no fun. But this floater workout is gonna present a new strategy. So on competition day, we're gonna tell everybody what the floater workout is. We said that it's gonna fit our rev workout category. It's gonna be very short, it's gonna be very fast. The strategy is that you can do it at any time you want. We're gonna have a sign-up sheet of when you would like to go. You can do it first, middle, end, whatever. You'll pick your time spot and then go. And that's the strategy for um, when you would like to do it. I can't wait. I'm so excited. And, and yeah, and like even just not even for the competitors, just for everyone that comes in. When we did the spooktacular, I mean the energy. The spectacular, the one we did in October, just this past one, because it's evolved over. I mean, I haven't been here that long. I've only been here almost three years. Um, but with each comp that I've gone to, it has just grown and grown and grown. Yeah. And this one sounds like it's going to be our biggest one. And just with not just the, the teams, obviously we're oversold, but everyone that comes to cheer them on the energy yeah. with when those events are going on, everyone yelling and cheering when you are like watching your friend that works out with you at 415 every day, freaking lifting the heaviest lift they've ever done. I mean, man, I lose my mind. Like I like I'm screaming as a uh, spectator. It's pretty unreal and it's cool seeing the development and growth of it because how I always look at it is like, let's say somebody goes, I've been here three years or you've been doing this intramural competition for three years. 
Kinda. Or you can say that we've done it six times. So if you've only done something six times, then you're probably not that good at it. And the first two or three times, you didn't really know what you were doing, yeah. right? So it's like, it to me, you take the years, but you got to break it down into times. And you got to say, okay, we've done this six times. What did we learn from the first two times, the first three times? We've learned a lot and we're just keeping it better. But I also think the, the last one and this one, we've really found our rhythm. Like you need, if you keep changing the rhythm, you keep screwing it up. Yeah. So you got to find your rhythm. And you got to settle into it. Three, two, one, go. Four workout categories. Boom, boom, boom. And we just change what's in it. And food. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you've actually had a home run with this. We got food truck, coffee, and Girl Scout cookies, right? Yeah, yeah. All the things everyone wants. Yeah. And because like when you're not competing and you're just watching, you need something to do. And let's eat. Let's chill. Yeah, so we got we got Crazy Hogs coming out. Yeah. And they were at our Canton one year. And they're yeah, super they've, cool. they've helped us out over at Canton a few times. Yep. And the food's really good. It is um, good. It's not vegan. Everyone thinks I'm going to book a vegan. I mean, it's cool if you're vegan, but I'm not <laughs> booking a, a vegan food truck. Like, I'm not. I'm sorry. Um, some people are like, I'm not coming. I'm like, okay, it's going to be more than broccoli. Um, and then we'll have the coffee cart yep. with Allie and her husband at Plotline's Coffee. And there might be a baby. Yeah, <laughs> Allie could. She's super pregnant. Yeah, she's like, hey, I may or may not be going into labor, but we'll be there. And I was like, great. Okay, yeah. sounds good. So they'll be there. Um, and then Megan and her daughter Riley will have be slinging Girl Scout cookies. Freaking man, dude. <laughs> I don't know what else you can ask for. Fitness and Girl Scout cookies and I coffee. Man, we're going to need some extra bathrooms. It's going to be fine. Well, yeah. it's fine. <laughs> Everything's going to be fine. Barbecue. <laughs> but bring the point is, too... Honestly, the spec, I'm sorry, the, the competitors are not going to be eating. No. Let me tell you how much as an athlete. So we have 54 teams. That's 108 athletes. And the reason that we try to cap it at 48 teams is just the timeline. Like, I'm, I'm sure we could sell more slots, but nobody wants to be here until four o'clock in the afternoon. Right. So, uh, athletes are not really going to eat. Your nerves are going to be high. You're probably mm -hmm. going to have your nutrition plan. Yeah, maybe when it's over, you'll eat. But I wouldn't do event one and two and then slam a hot dog. No. Nope. So, but but it's, it's for your families. Yeah. Like, you want to bring your kids. You want to bring your families. Even if they just swing by for a little bit. We know the kids are going to get bored after like 60, 90 minutes or so. And, um, and that's really what it's for. So definitely bring... A whole bunch of people, a whole bunch of friends. Uh, it's the whole day, really. We we also will be emailing out ahead of time. We're going to do a couple things. Number one is if you are a, a competitor, we are going to do a Zoom call with all the competitors, and we're going to give it as an opportunity to go over each workout and allow you to ask questions. That way it doesn't feel so congested on the day of. It'll be optional if you want. Um, everybody will be emailed all the heat times for each team. So you, if you're like, oh man, I want to come see my buddy. I want to, you know, have lunch there or whatever, but I don't know when they're going to go. You'll see that. So you can cheer your team on and you'll know what lane they're in and all that kind of stuff. And um, we're going to just make it a big old fun day. And then when you get a little tired, there's a coffee cart. Exactly. What more could you need? And it's, it's good. I'm a coffee snob. Like I'm not, dude, look, I own, I own like one pair of jeans. I don't buy anything. <laughs> like I'm just, I'm that guy, man. But I am a coffee snob, mm. and it's it's really good. I know. I'm super <laughs> excited. It's going to be great. Um, and apparently, they even have hot chocolate. <gasps> I know. So if you don't like coffee, and obviously your kids probably aren't drinking coffee, they can have hot chocolate. That's so cool. That's exciting. And it's like a pretty 
legit bad to the bone cart. I mean, they got to move it with a U-Haul. I was shocked yeah. when they showed up with their cart. I was like, this is not a cart. This is a freaking, I mean, it's a coffee food truck. I mean, it's like, it's, but inside the gym, they have a whole vintage vibe. I was very yeah. impressed. Very it's, impressed. It's pretty dope. Um, but the competition, book your calendar now, March 18th. Bring everybody you know, bring everybody you don't know. Just <laughs> holler at them. Tell the world. It is cool. I promise you that like our our goal of this thing is to highlight you and it is going to be sick mm -hmm. i mean each athlete let's do the math you got 108 athletes we do about one to one and a half spectators per athlete we're going to be pushing close to 200 people just on general math yeah like then you then you're gonna have somebody show up and they're gonna bring four kids right like the number's yeah. gonna go up right and then you got the coffee and then the last competition we did we didn't even have the food truck uh we only had the coffee bar mm -hmm. and it doubled the amount of time that that's another thing people don't know that we monitor we have like stopwatches or at least i do and i monitor how long mm -hmm. people are in there and um we doubled the amount of the length of time people stay mm -hmm. uh so i think this is going to be an all-day event and what that means for you is how cool is it when in your adult life do you have 200 people screaming at you? Yeah. I mean, like when you hit that strong side total on event two, and I don't care what the number is, no human in that place is going to care whether you have 55 pounds on the bar or nope. 500 pounds. All they're going to care about is they want to find the person who's struggling. Mm -hmm. Isn't that the coolest part? Who's coming in last? Yeah. Who's got, you know, really, oh man, they can't quite make it. And then they freaking make it. I get chills. It's, it's like oh. the room. I, I can't even explain Erupt. it. You've been in there. It feels like you are, you're, you're at the strong side games. Yeah. I mean, it is yeah. just, that's what it is. Every time that I watch this and like, if I'm competing, I'm like, man, I kind of want to be in last place. <laughs> like, yeah. I, gotta, like, I want people to root for me. It yeah. is unbelievable and it's so I cool wait. i cannot wait it's gonna be amazing um and okay well so that's happening on the weekend yeah all right so then let's talk about what happens three days before we have the baseline challenge yeah dude this is we've never done this before but it's all of the best parts of the past challenges that we've had yep so let's dive into that one yeah, this is another big thing coming at you in March is we're doing the baseline challenge. We have five baselines at Strongside. And in these baselines, they are the stepping stone to building good functional nutrition habits. And it's simple things like drink half your body weight in ounces of water, eat half your body weight in grams of protein. It's get an eight-hour digestive fast, move for 45 minutes every day. Like it, it's, it's minimum things that you should be doing, right? This challenge is going to be 60 days long. So it'll go from March till when's the end day? Um, it's May 15th. It's okay. March 15th to May 15th. Okay. So it goes March 15th to May 15th. Throughout the 60 days, we're going to hit each baseline one time. We're going to spend six days on each baseline. And we cycle through each baseline two times. So you'll hit it twice. It's not one and done. You're going to track it all two ways. Way number one is you're going to have a private way to track it. And that's going to be on the in-body. The in-body is going to visit your club three times throughout the baseline challenge. And it's going to measure your bone mass, your muscle mass, and your fat mass. You don't have to share that with anybody, but you should know that. Then publicly, 
likely you're going to be able to track it on the Wattify Rise app. And you're going to get points throughout uh, hitting each baseline every day. There's going to be special pop-up days that Brie will talk about in a second where you'll be able to hit this and get some more points or whatever. And then every two weeks, we're going to do a drawing. We're going to do a drawing and we're going to give stuff away. But the stuff that we're going to give away is going to be localized per club because here's the coolest part. You are in a challenge throughout all StrongSide Nation but we're localizing it to your club. And Roswell's competing with Roswell. Johns Creek's competing with Johns Creek. Canton with Canton and Woodstock with Woodstock because you want to compete against people you know. Mm -hmm. And each club throughout the 60 days is going to have a move well event, a fuel well event, and a live well event. And in the first 20 days, you're going to tackle your move well event. Your club manager and their team of coaches is going to put together their own specific, their own cool move well event. Each one's going to be different because each club's different. And they're going to find something that works for them. The second 20 days, you're going to go through a fuel well event where the nutrition coach puts something together talking about our five baselines. And then we're going to end with the live well event where we all come together as a community. This is where you're going to get a super cool strong side swag bag. You're going to get your t-shirt that you get with doing this challenge. And most importantly, we're going to recognize the people who dominated the sucker, got high amounts of points, but each club manager is also going to be able to give superlatives. And this is really special because I know it's like, oh man, in high school, we got superlatives. Yeah, yeah, but that was like high school. Each club manager is going to walk, watch you go through this 60 day baseline challenge. They're going to see what you need to be rewarded on. And they're going to spend some time acknowledging the people who need to be acknowledged at the end of this deal. And we're going to come together as a community. We're going to come together. We're going to eat some good food. We're going to hang out. And uh, that's how we'll celebrate the live well at the end. But what this really is, it's, it's a challenge, but it's also an evolution in our nutrition program where as we go through this, you're going to, I'm going to be doing a webinar. Bree's going to be doing a private webinar for everybody that signed up in the challenge, which we'll talk about in a second. I'm also going to have an additional webinar that'll be out there. And you're going to see us talk about the three phases of nutrition coaching and how baseline is phase number one. And then we have phase number two and phase number three and what that actually means. And could you talk on that for a second? Yeah. Of Where do you want to start? Well, talk about your webinar. Okay. Talk about, okay, if I do this challenge, what do I get in this webinar? And then just allude to what we're doing with phases one, two, and three in our nutrition coaching. Okay. Um, so in the webinar that I'm going to be doing, like Mitchell said, it's going to be a private webinar where um, I'm just deep diving into not only what the basic baselines are. So Mitchell listed them earlier, and it sounds simple, right? We have water and we have protein and veggies, and that's all fun and cool. But like why we have what we have as our base before we move forward towards the peak that Mitchell was talking about earlier. Because as he was saying, like we have to lay down the groundwork, the baseline before we build. Um, and even looking at like if you're not hitting these certain markers, like what symptoms may be coming up if you aren't hitting them and it can kind of start to... Uh, it helps people put points together. Like, oh, is that why I have headaches all the time? Like, yeah, if you're not drinking half your body weight now, it's the water, probably. Um, and starting there. But then I get to also dive into how that then affects your gut health, how it affects your hormones, um, how it affects really, I emphasize hormones because so much of this has everything to do with your body clock and your metabolism. Um, so how these baselines are deep diving into very specifics of gut health, hormones, overall metabolism. Uh, and also too, people will be able to ask me questions very specifically in that webinar as well. Um, and, and I try and always leave a Q&A because 
everyone's very specific, everyone's very unique, and all of these basics hit people in different ways. So it's gonna be a really cool opportunity to be able to connect with people that way. Um, and then in talking about what we're working on in the nutrition program and how we're building, we have the baselines, but then we have this, there's always a level up. Like, okay, let's say I hit all five baselines. What's next? Everyone's always looking for what's next. Um, and that's where we really get to dive into, again, gut health and adrenal fatigue, um, where we get to focus on really, I, I just keep going to hormones and cortisol um, and how you're sleeping. I mean, it's deep diving further, but because you're becoming a new version of yourself. Once you hit the baselines, we get to talk about deeper into nutrition of, you know, what is making up your nutrition? Okay, you, you hit half your body weight in ounces of water. You hit half your body weight in grams of protein. You hit your two servings of vegetables. You did an eight-hour digestive fast. You know, you're exercising every day. How do we take those basics and now move you to the next level of like what particular vegetables are you eating? What is making up your macro your macros, everyone knows macros. Should I be doing macros? Yes, eventually, but not starting out. Um, so we get to level up to macros. We get to talk about calories. It's just a way to give you a journey towards that peak of where like at the peak, it's going to be very minute. But then at the base, it's those big concepts that are very simple. So like when you talk about if you Mm, oh, she's put putting down. the microphone putting it down. down. I, I talk with my hands. I'm very Italian. Um, <laughs> I have to literally do like the pyramid. But like in looking at the simple basics of water and protein that everyone talks about that. That makes up the majority of your health. And then as we get to go up deeper and deeper, you're then changing things like your body composition. That's when you get to change things like how much body fat you're losing. Um, and then we're talking about energy levels. We're talking about supplementation, how we're going to continue leveling you up as an optimal human of what your goals are. So as Mitchell alluded to earlier, we're starting with the baselines in this challenge because if we don't have those, we can't move forward. And I really want that for all of our members to be able to move up and level up. So our baselines are here to get give you that head start and then we can take you to the rest later on yeah no that's exactly what it is and it's broken into three phases or three levels and the idea is that our coaches will be able to assess what level you might need to be on or start at and then build you up throughout those three levels because it's like yeah i got these baselines but like now what mm -hmm. and then it's like oh i want to start with macronutrient dieting like maybe but like you might not need to do that nor do you you might not be interested in what that entails right, right? and what and and what makes up those macros is like what's really important too yes like the context you can make anything fit into your macros yes my god my favorite anything. my like you're already not gonna reach your goals if you're like i'm going paleo and the first thing you do is make paleo brownies correct like it's yeah. still a brownie yeah, and everyone who wants to, and I'm not hating on these diets, they work for a lot of people, but people are like, I'm going to go keto, and they throw cheese on everything, and then they go all, to all these keto snacks, like oh, there's keto anything out there, and now there's all these, these data points about how erythritol is killing your gut bugs, and how it's giving people strokes if you eat too much of it, and it's like, 
excellent. So that's in every, all of those keto snacks out there. And when you just can, oh, but it's keto and it fits into my macros, great. But what what are you doing to your health? I think it's a small thing that gets overblown. Like, yeah. you know, oh, this got some marketing or leverage behind it. Mm-hmm. You know, may help you lose weight. I'm not here to like dog it. It's just like, it's like squatting's good, but not if you do it every single day with twice your body weight. Right. Like you're going to blow out some knees really quick. And I see it in different, I see health and I see um, body composition as two different things. Mm. Um, I know a lot of people who look amazing who are a train wreck on the inside. Um, but I know a lot of people who like aren't the most chiseled people in the world, but they are extremely healthy. Their blood works beautiful. And that's how you have the flexibility and leverage um, in these different phases to really dial those things in, like in establishing a proper health line, a proper baseline. And then we get to really refine into what those bodily aesthetic goals are. Oh, what we're going to do. Like when you just tell me, oh, we're going to do nutrition coaching. Yeah. What does that mean? Yeah. Versus if you tell me, okay, we're going to spend like eight weeks here and we're going to tackle these five baselines. Here's what we're going to do. And then we go up to this phase. I want to spend about eight, 10 weeks here. And here's our objective. And here's like, I'm going to be like, oh, there's a, there's a plan. Yeah. Okay, cool. Like I get what you're going to do. You're not just going to be like, I got you, bro. Right. Like, I'm sure you do, but I kind of want to know how you got me. Yeah. And uh, and everyone's at a different level, too. Like, not everyone st- needs to start at the baselines because they're already doing that. You yeah. Know, everyone comes to us on different levels, and we want to be able to cater to anyone who needs help. But this challenge. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, but that's what the groundwork is for this challenge. Um, it's all about the strong side baselines. That's it. And it's, it's you'll sign up at the front desk. I say this over and over again. Where I'm all about some AI and digital technology and all that kind of stuff, but I swear to God, nobody signs up unless you put a sheet at the front desk. That's yeah. the only way <laughs> that you people will sign up for anything. <laughs> so there's a sheet at the front desk. You sign up. Um, 30 bucks per person. And that 30 bucks, first off, it gets you a t-shirt. So yeah. like done. And uh, so you get the t-shirt, but it also gets you. It'll be you, waiting for you at the Live Well party at the end. Bam. Yeah. It, uh, you get the t-shirt. It also gets you the private webinar with Bree, which you're going to have like a workbook and all this kinds of stuff that you'll go through. It's got um, the Move Well, Fuel Well, Live Well events that are only going to be accessible to the people in the challenge that will be run and curated by your club managers, coaches, and nutrition coaches at your club. Mm-hmm. So like Canton's going to be doing a different one than Johns Creek, and that's okay. That's going to be what that community wants. You're going to get private Facebook group access so you can like ask questions, get feedback. Um, you're going to get a lot of email content and communication and tips that'll go out throughout it. You're going to get a supportive group throughout the Wattify Rise app. Mm-hmm. You you do have the personal accountability of just also, you know, outside of everybody always want to say, what do I get in the challenge? But you also get the, you're doing it for you. Like that's what you get. You get that I did something for me and I saw it through and I did success because you could absolutely do this any, anytime you want it by yourself, anytime you want, but you're not. Yeah. So how about you sign up for it? and you do it Mm -hmm. and like that's how I've always viewed it like people make fun of me and Kim because like we'll do an Ironman that's 800 bucks that'll hurt and then I know and then you you pay all this money to do the race and the next day you go stand in line you pay 130 bucks for your freaking windbreaker Mm -hmm. but it says finisher on it yeah right but it's like I'm not really concerned about what Ironman's gonna give me Mm. it's gonna give me that finish line yeah like, I want the finish line. And you're investing in the challenge. You're investing in yourself to show up. 
Yeah. You're totally going to show up to it. If you if you didn't pay the $800 to go do the Ironman, how many people would actually show up to do the Ironman? Yeah. I'm going to do it like on this date. And then like a month in, you're like, ah, oh, well, this got in the way. Well, do if I paid $800, I'm going to freaking do yeah. it. Whether I'm like sucking wind or not. And this is only 30. So it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, why not? But it's like, you know, whatever the, it, it is just doing it for you. And I think doing things for you is really important. If you don't take care of yourself, how in the world are you going to take care of other people? Yeah. So it's just like seeing it through and having a good time. And I think that it's, I like this challenge because on day 61, there's still things that you'll be able to implement. Yeah. It's not like, oh, I'm done now. No, you're not. You spent 60 days developing a really good you. Mm -hmm. So you can keep that 60, that, that 60 day thing through 120, 180 and we call them the baselines because like when we were first formulating this i was like i want people to develop habits like this is what you fall back to these are minimums that we know everyone needs to be hitting and then you get to build upon that and we'll get to hit ideal numbers but with these minimums when all hell breaks loose this is what you fall back to to be able to keep taking care of yourself yep because when something's going wrong in your personal life with family or whatever's going on, the first thing that happens is that you let go of everything that takes care of you so that you can dive in to help everyone else. But you have to fall back to something and like you just keep building your baseline higher and higher and higher to what you fall back to when you're not paying attention. I think that's really important because a lot of we're all going to get off the bandwagon. Yeah. Like it's going to happen. People go through emotional roller coasters and cycles in their life. You know, I'm, I'm more motivated and less motivated and stuff like that. But when you have, you ever notice this with your body, when you get in really good shape, when you look a certain way, when you, uh, when you like, when you start looking and feeling the way that you want to look and feel, and then something happens and you fall off, right? You fall off track, you fall off the bandwagon and you're always back to, I don't know where to start. And then you're always thinking about, you know, well, I, this previous version of myself, like you're always thinking about the previous version of yourself. Remember when I was, mm -hmm. remember how I got, well, when I did this, I, there's not a lot of success in life by always talking about who and what you used to be in the past. And the next evolution is to talking about where you're at right now. But the best evolution is to talk about where you're going to be in the future. And if you fall off the bandwagon and you know that you have these baselines to fall back to, I know that if I fall off the bandwagon, I don't ever compare myself to what I used to be. I'm immediately concerned with what I can do now to be better than I've ever been. Mm -hmm. And what can I lean back on these baselines to get me started with? Because, yeah, I might have fallen off the bandwagon six months ago. I'm going to go blow that guy out of the water. I'm going to go be better here. Boom. Yeah. <laughs> Come I like it. More. I'm signing up. <laughs> double for you. We yeah, have to perfect. You I want two t-shirts. <laughs> well, hey, that's okay. I say that's it for March, but that's everything. That is for a jam-packed March, baby. Yeah, it's three main things, but it is just everything. I can't wait. Yeah. I'm super excited. Yeah, thanks for having me on. I can't wait to hop on at the end of March. Get ready for April. Yeah. And it's going to be legit. Sweet, y'all. Well, hey, thank y'all so much for listening on Facebook and on the podcast. We're doing both at the same time. Super Boom. fancy up in here. Um, I hope y'all have an awesome day. Remember, on March 6th, which is Monday, this upcoming Monday, that is when we will start the signups for the Baseline Challenge. So go to the front desk of your local club, sign yourself up, 
We'll get you going. That's right, because you people don't sign up any other way <laughs> than sheets at the front desk. And we'll see you at the Shamrock Showdown with all the food. Thanks. Bye. Boom. Boom.